welcome to um, a brand new podcast venture. It's called Watch This, and me and my friend John are going to do exactly that, which That's is what watch a TV show. Um, so, John, why don't you tell people, um, well, first of all, tell people who you are. You can introduce yourself and then tell them what show we're going to watch first. Uh, my name is John. I am a, uh, I am a journalist by trade, but, but uh, now watching The Wire with with James uh yes. we've never we've never watched neither neither of us have ever watched the show yeah so preface there um got to talking about it and decided hey let's watch it and let's talk about it because it is a very very famous HBO show yeah and it's weird I was reading about it since we have never watched it and well, I mean it came out in 2002 so we were in like middle school Ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right like after nine eleven, so there are some references to that in the show already, which is interesting. Um, I heard at least one reference, <clears throat> like that thing that happened last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It, there's it being you know starting in two thousand two and being set like at the time in two thousand two. Yeah, there's a lot of like uh, funny instances of like some dated technology. Um, the fact that the police officers are using typewriters. Yes, is is one pagers. Yes, and everyone has a everyone has a pager. Yeah, like oh, did you get that page, (laughs) man? Because like I didn't have a phone then. No, I mean I was in I was in middle school. Yeah, I was years away from even considering having a cell phone at that time. I think I got a phone when I was like fifteen, like a Virgin Mobile flip phone, pay as you go, just so like I could call people when I was driving. I got a phone when I started driving. Mm-hmm. Um, when I got my license, my my parents said, "Okay, you can have a phone now." Yeah, and I remember at that time, strictly no texting because yeah. texting was expensive. It was like twenty cents a <laughs> yeah, message or text, something like that. And then that. you got yeah. one, so you're yeah. like, and somebody says, "Okay," and then that's twenty cents. And yeah, yeah, it was like, yeah, here's this phone. Don't use it though. Yeah, don't use your phone. Okay. And now it's like, I mean, we're just kind of glued to our phones. So, yeah, 2002, it's a different time. But it's uh, that's one of the reasons why we wanted to, to do this was to go back and watch the show because it is very, like, critically acclaimed now, even though it wasn't necessarily incredibly popular in its inception. So Sure. Um, one of the things uh, I also researched a little bit, one of the things that's really interesting about it, the, the guy that, that wrote the show, um, let me pull up his name here because um, – neglected that david simon the guy who like created the show okay was a crime reporter in baltimore for years wow so the fact that this you know it was a crime show set in baltimore you i feel like that that lends kind of a credibility to the show which yeah. i think is really interesting um and there are a lot of ways where it, it is very very real in, in almost an uncomfortable way and I kind of credit that to the fact that the guy probably drew from real life experiences he had when he was making the show. Yeah. So I, yeah. I found that a really interesting part of of the whole um, package, I guess. Yeah, you know, just watching the first two episodes, it feels, I mean, yeah, there's this sort of realism to it that's more real than like Law and Order SVU or any any Law and Order show or like CSI, you know, like it feels like pretty real, honestly. Yeah, it does. So I, I thought the cold open of episode one, you know, with the body in the street and he's talking to the yeah. kid on the stoop, um, law and order or 
like you mentioned, uh, CSI, things like that, will end that with like a one-liner. Like, well, it looks like this guy is, uh, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, the, they like take their time. This is not a fast yeah. show. No, it's not. <laughs> it, it's not a, it's not, there's not the quick-witted one-liners that you get from the cops. There's, there's uh, not the, the jokes about the dead body on the street, you know. Like, yeah. time's up for this guy. Yeah. So... <laughs> Dum dum. Yeah, it's it's a little different. So anyway, so so the idea for this show, I had this idea um, a couple months ago that I wanted to like watch something and talk about it. And John, every time that John and I see each other, we end up like going in depth about a movie or a show or a thing that we're watching. Most recently, we probably got into Star Wars several times. A very long discussion about Star Wars. Like, hours long. And at first, I was like, maybe we should have a Star Wars podcast. But I was like, well, I I like to watch other things, too. I don't want to just talk about Star Wars. But I do want to talk about stuff. So this is our sort of, like, indulgence to uh, watch shows that are good and have conversations. Yeah. and I, I, wanna, yeah. I guess we should clarify that, that yeah. we're starting with The Wire, but this isn't yeah. a Wire podcast. Exactly. This is not The Wire cast. Um, this is uh, something different. All right. So uh, I guess we've introduced everyone to ourselves and our show. Yeah. Want to dive into The Wire? Let's go. Let's let's do it. Let's get into The Wire. So, um, yeah, the, so they're beginning. There's kind of this long cold opening. And really the kind of first big scene that I really remember watching is the part in the courtroom where the lady sort of recants her testimony yeah. against the drug dealer. Yeah, and and every witness is looking at the back of the room to Stringer Bell, played by Idris Elba, and just you immediately understand how intimidating he is supposed to be. Yeah, and just and he is. Yeah, without him, <laughs> without yeah. him, like doing anything, just him sitting there and looking and taking notes on a piece of paper, he immediately like command, like you know immediately how this guy's a big deal yeah and 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 then the people are just in shock right all the all the police force and people are watching and it's like we had this in the bag this lady saw this she's gonna testify sure and then she's like oh yeah i don't know about that (laughs) yeah it was was just it was a scene that, that basically sets up just who these people are and how much pull they have in this community um it was it was really interesting that it dove in very quickly to to say like here's the big players and here's what you need to know about them. Mm-hmm. Um, the the next thing that one of the next things that stuck out to me um, in a big way was that scene with the three drug detectives in the mm-hmm. office and she's typing up on the uh, on the typewriter her report and the other two are sitting out there and and the guy says like. We should be out in the streets, like busting heads and stuff, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just, it just, it definitely drew a parallel that there are, are basically two kinds of cops in that show. There are the cops that are, are putting their heads down, trying to do their job and, and and clean up, you know, their city. And then there are cops that want to go out there and you know fight some gangsters and and basically just rough people up. And so it drew that line pretty early as well. Yeah, and you saw them in some of the scenes after that, like, you know, pulling people out of cars and 
one guy just kind of like, you know, just throwing them on the ground, basically, <laughs> just like, you know, like a rag doll. And they're like, what are you doing? Yeah. It's like, and, OK. And we're doing we're doing kind of the first two episodes here. So it yeah. really came back toward uh, the end of episode two as well. Yeah. Um, when that guy that said, you know, hey, we want to get out here and, uh, you know, bust some heads and rough some people up. They go into the like projects and do just that, and mm-hmm. and you have that that really rough scene where uh, one officer, you know, cold cocks a fourteen year old kid with yeah. his gun, and uh, so I mean it was just really really rough, um, but also you know obviously when you look at the world and look at some news that's been out there the past several years, really longer than several years. Um, that's pretty real. I mean, that's still pretty relevant today. I thought, yeah, you know, I think that you would watch that show in 2002 and think like, man, it's rough in, in Baltimore, you know, it's rough up there in those places, but thanks to, um, social media and Facebook live and video, I mean, like, you see that everywhere, right? Like that's, there are remnants of that all across the country of, you know, and you can watch it live now, which is crazy that, um, uh-huh. you know, there, there's still this sort of police mentality in a lot of places and a lot of people that like, it's kind of like, well, you know, violence first, um, which is interesting that, you know, you can look back at a show, gosh, that was, that was 16 years ago when that came out and it's still like, that's still a thing, you know, that's still a mentality of some people, obviously not everyone who is in law enforcement, sure. right? Lots of great people. Are Absolutely. Law enforcement. 100%. And I would, and I would want to believe that it's like way better than it was back then because I don't think anybody had a problem with that in the show. No, it sure doesn't seem like it. I mean, <laughs> you know, like there, it wasn't the troubled police guy. It was like, yeah, let's just go beat him up. Yeah. It's like, okay. And, and then that's, when he does in the, the captain or the lieutenant shows up and he's just like, Hey, you know, this is what you need to do to cover it up. Like, this is what you yeah. need to tell internal investigations. Make sure you get your story straight. Um, but going back to that scene in season one, two, when they first start talking about roughing up, they talk about the war on drugs a lot, which is, is something yeah. we don't hear a lot of now. We don't hear the terms like war on drugs as much, but, um, one line that killed me was the guy that said like you can't call this a war because wars end i mean that yeah. was just that was strong i thought yeah i wrote that down too <laughs> it's like oh man they even know you know and and that's that sort of realism coming into right like if this was just a a, a show on hbo like they could do whatever they wanted absolutely <laughs> but it was like that you know that's that realism that comes in is like Man, that's a pretty sad thing to say in literally the first episode. <laughs> I mean, what's amazing, though, is really when you think about it, though, I mean, this show comes yeah. out in 2002. The war on drugs started in, under Reagan's presidency. Like, yeah, that's true. Like that, when it was termed war on drugs. And so the fact that it's, you know, by the time it gets to the show, it's been, what, 20 years? Yeah, and, that's crazy. And they're, they're still fighting the same war on drugs. And mm-hmm. when you look even today... Um, it's a different kind of drug in in a lot of cases. Um, yeah. I think it was a lot more like cocaine and, and crack at that time, but but now it's opioids and heroin. But you know it's still a huge problem um, all over the place. And so the fact that like all this war on drugs, and here, here we are thirty years since that started, and it's still just as big a problem, if not a bigger problem, 
So, I mean, it, it's amazing how a show that's 16 years old, how much of it is still so relevant today. Yeah, it's kind of sad, too. Like, I found myself being sad watching that, thinking, like, are we in a better place as a, as a culture, as a society, um, especially in, in, like, urban areas like that? Like, are we better? Is it better now? <laughs> you, you sure want to hope so. <laughs> Have we so. done better than that? You know, like, I hope it is, but at the same time, it's like, man... It's like change. It just keeps changing forms too, right? Like now, there's a lot of other issues, sure. and now it's a lot of with like prescription sure. drugs, even and, and pain medicine. But like, man, it just it just seems like I don't know. It made me sad to to consider some of those things. Yeah, I think I think it was it was really made you think about you know how the world has changed since then, and how much it hasn't in a lot of ways changed since then. Um, one yeah. thing that you know you'll say about today is at least we're a lot more aware today um, because of social media and the fact that you know instances of True. police brutality you can go on YouTube and and how many can you watch now? Um, yeah. So at least there's more of a dialogue. Whereas I would guess in 2002 when that show comes out, it's you know the cop does something. And again, like you said, there there are plenty of police officers and law enforcement that are doing a great job. But, you know, if one officer who's, you know, a bad egg or whatever you want to say does something, um, in 2002, it's the police officer's word against somebody else. Now, mm-hmm. at least, you know, there's body cameras, there's, you know, cell phone video stuff all the time. Sure. So, like, there's a there's a function in which that enabled people to act sure. that way. I think... <laughs> Invincible, right? Just fix it on the report. Here's the way... Here's how you need to say yeah, that. Yeah, um, and I think that's harder to do. Today. I think that's where the the term "war on drugs" is really is, you know, one reason I think we don't use it as much anymore is because when you think of war, you're thinking of you know it's a battle against someone. So you're you're training people to to go into it as if there's an enemy to fight, and um, I think that's really yeah. dangerous. And I, I think you see that a lot in this show, especially with a few of the the officers who you know, view it as like we're fighting a battle against these other people rather than this problem. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think something that gets missed even now is that, yeah, like when you say war on drugs, when you say like war on terror or war on whatever thing, it's like, wait, what, what are, who are we fighting? What are we fighting? What's the end goal? Cause really it, it should have been a war on, you know, like like it shouldn't have been a war on anything. It should have been like the stopping of, you know, drug usage yeah. and things like that. But but when you say, I, I agree that when you when you coin it, like the way that you phrase something has power. Like you're you're a journalist, right? Like you understand 100%. the power of wording, and even just a title, right? How much that puts into your brain when you just hear something, and so. I, th- I think there's something to be considered when we, when we even give a moniker to something like, "What does this mean? What what are we doing here?" Um, you know, our words matter, our actions matter, but the the framing of that, it also, I don't know. It, I think it matters. One thing that's interesting, um, you know, obviously we, we both live in East Tennessee, and so that's that's a whole yeah. different world from Baltimore. And and like he's like I've said, I'm, I'm a journalist, and, and I've covered some you know crimes. I've covered murders and, and drugs and things like that um, the past couple yeah. of years. But the, when I you know when you're covering it here in East Tennessee, it's a whole different reality from what you're seeing on this show. Um, 
you know, when we have a murder in the town that, that I work in, it's it's a big deal because it happens maybe once a year. It's it's, it's kind of crazy when it happens. Um, but here, you know, it's it seems like it's routine. It's like, ah, there's another stiff, you know. You know, mm-hmm. I'll get stuck with a found body, and, you know, they're complaining about it and stuff like that. It's It's really interesting how the show... It's a whole different world. It's a whole different experience than what I've had personally. But the way it's presented, all of it feels like, yeah, this this is totally believable. This is totally realistic. And I think in that way, it's been really interesting as well. Yeah, that's a good point. Even if it's not um, something that you can relate with, it's realistic and believable enough that you can like empathize Absolutely. with it. And like, I found myself watching it not thinking like, wow, this is old because that's what I feel about a lot of shows like, you know, that I liked maybe it's a teenager or whatever. It's like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I thought this was, you know, amazing. Like there's so many plot holes or there's so many, you know, just like production holes, but it's like, man, like this could be on today. And maybe that's why it's been so critically acclaimed post, you know, existence, um, that it's, that's so highly rated is because it's just like in some ways timeless and maybe it captures a period of time, before the onslaught of social media where it's just kind of like frozen like but at the same time it's like it's like always relevant i don't know it it's it's an interesting point in in history and the realism of it i don't know i'm excited to to keep watching for sure um by the end of the first episode i was like okay i think this is gonna be the end of the first episode i thought it was gonna be good by the end of the second episode I i felt like i was kind of hooked um, yeah, and you mentioned empathizing. One thing the show has done that that's really interesting to me is that you it humanizes everyone in a way. Um, it humanizes the the officers. You have that that scene at the end of episode one where McNulty's talking about his divorce and the, trying to you yeah. know get rights to see his kid. But then there's a mm-hmm. scene in episode two, which might be my favorite scene so far, where they have. Um, D'Angelo um, Barstow, the kid who was on trial in the first episode, they've got him in a room interrogating him. And, you know, he starts to break down about, you know, this guy dying. Uh, they start talking to, to him about this kid that got shot at a barber shop, And he was like, yeah, it's not fair, you know, but, you know, it it's not right. And you realize that this is, you know, a guy, you know, he's done some stuff that's, you know, reprehensible. He's, he's, murdered somebody but there's this is a guy with actual emotions who who feels regret and remorse and um doesn't totally feel good about you know some of the things going on around him and i think it's really interesting the way it's humanized people on both sides of the issue Mm -hmm. yeah that's true it it doesn't necessarily paint anyone in such a negative light Right, like it's not like these are the good guys and these are the bad guys. It's like this is a pretty sticky situation, and these are the people involved. And yeah, I I noticed that too, and I I really enjoyed that scene, just seeing the humanity of that, because it's so easy to think like, well, this person is X Y Z. It's like easy to label someone as, well, you're a criminal or you're this or you're that or you're from here or you're, you know, even like, I mean, I think race obviously is going to come into play in a lot of 100%. this too. Um, and, and so to see the way that it's portrayed in that sort of realism way, um, it's not hyper um, over, you know, dramatized. It's like, man, yeah, 
like people's circumstances can be really hard yeah <laughs> on ev- on every side of the issue right like nobody has it easy in this in this scenario well in in that scene in episode two where the three officers roll into the projects and basically go looking yeah. for a fight and they just grab a couple like the first two black guys they see and throw them on the ground and pat them down the one guy's just carrying his laundry and they throw it everywhere and and it shows you like well, this community, of course, isn't going to trust law enforcement. They're not going to trust officers. Um, they're not going to have a respect for, you know, what is, you know, legal and what's not because the people enforcing it clearly don't have a respect for the law. So why should they? And I, I think it just casts an interesting look at, like, while these people might, you know, be doing things that are legal, what are their circumstances? What what kind of situation are they in? What What's their community like? And it's just a really interesting look that, that hey, just you know, just because there are people doing bad things doesn't mean there's not a reason that this is going on. Um, so it's it's been really interesting right out the gate in that way. I liked as as I watched um, season the second episode of season one. Um, Lieutenant Daniels was eating dinner yeah. I guess with his wife, and they're talking about all that stuff. And I wrote down a quote that she said, and I just looked up on Wikipedia on the summaries, and they used that as their like, like key like statement, which was, uh, "You can't lose if you I don't wrote that play." Down. Yeah. And she's she yeah she's asking him like, "Why don't you just drop out? Like, why don't you just pull out?" And he's like, "I don't think I can do that." Um, and so you know like so you see it on a big level of this you know what's right, what's wrong, what should we do? And then it like pulled it right into like literally just you know a husband and wife having a conversation like. You could just not do yes. this. <laughs> you know, like everybody has this sort of like choice of, of That's what the thing with do. a show like Law and Order, it, a lot of times it's like, here's what's going on. All right, they are working on the case, and then that's it. You only see that side of it. This show has really mm-hmm. taken you to that other side of, of mm-hmm. the fact that, you know, these people, like these officers, when they go home, they don't just leave this stuff at work all the time, um, it follows them home even to the point where, where that, you know, the person you mentioned, Daniels, uh, he gets that call when he's in bed at night that he has to immediately mm-hmm. deal with. Uh, the, the 14-year-old kid who we mentioned earlier that got clocked um, is blind in one eye. Uh, you also have the scene where Avon Barksdale, who's like the, the guy behind all of this, is serving food at like a community church event. He's just serving food to people and laughing yeah. and smiling and hugging people and just everybody, you know, people know him not as, you know, Avon Barstow, the, you know, criminal mastermind. They know him as Avon Barstow, like the kid from church who helps out and volunteers. It's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's like every, it's so, everyone is so much deeper than the thing they even initially, like, is this, this is episode two and they've already gone like layers yeah. deeper than you know, any other yeah. show, like, you know, like what does Mariska Hargitay go home to on law and order? Like, I don't know. You don't find out for 10 sure. seasons, <laughs> but, it, but in this show by episode two, like you're already seeing the, the inner depth of that and, and that struggle. And like, I mean, I think that we feel this not because we're police officers, but like you work in journalism, I work in at a church and in ministry. And like, we deal with people and stories and like complications and like sort of at the, at the mercy of like other people a lot. And sometimes that means that, like, 
we get calls and have to go do stuff and have to go report on things and, and deal with things at, at non-opportune times. And I, I resonate with that. Obviously not in that, like, no, gravity. Sure. <laughs> like I don't have to go deal with, like, you know, go to someone's been murdered. But, like, sometimes I do have to go to the hospital, right, or do have to go help people or do have to go just kind of, like, feel the weight of um, people and loss and, and circumstances. And I just like – I like watching a show that has that yeah, element Yeah, there it, are days, right? you know, that, that I come home from work and it's hard to – you know, as much as I try to do this, it's hard to just walk in the door and leave everything from the day behind you, especially if it's been an especially hard sure. day or, or something really intense happened. Yeah. Um, and so the fact that, you know, you see that in these people's lives, you see real human beings in this show um, that have flaws, yeah. that, you know, have have things about them that you know, are, are sometimes admirable and people you wouldn't expect it to be. Um, in a lot of ways that has been really interesting and, and maybe my favorite part of the show so far. Yeah, I agree. I, it makes me excited to, to keep watching. And, um, every time that I, even in the first, you know, couple episodes, like there's so much happening and anytime you start a new show, you're like, wait, who's that guy? Yeah. Wait, what's going on? You know, it's like well, this, isn't, this isn't the Office rewatch sure. of the tenth time. You know, um, which I, which I would just rewatch the Office all the time. It's fine, um, but it, it is good to expand that. But it has been it has been cool to see um, just how good of writing yeah. this is, right? That like because it's like man, I'm just like in those conversations, just of them sitting at the table, or just you know him serving food at the church. Like it's just like oh yeah, that's man. You've said so much and just and and so little, um, and it's just great writing and it's great um, honesty, and I am excited to to see where it goes. So favorite yeah. scene so far, um, man, favorite scene. Oh. I'm thinking. Do you have one on the top of your head? There's a couple. Mine is probably in episode two when McNulty, um, Bunk, and um, Detective Greggs, the 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 um, drug detective, have uh, mm-hmm. D'Angelo Barksdale in the in the interrogation room, and they're making stuff up to try to like break him. But it's really intense. But it's also really emotional. And so much happens mm. in such a short period of time. And you see, like, you get a really good look at, at, at these characters in a different kind of way in a, in a short period of time. And, and that one probably has been my favorite so far. I think my favorite scene um, is the courtroom scene in, the, in, yeah, in episode one. one. Because now that I've watched the rest of episode one and episode two, like, thinking back on that when I didn't yeah. know the characters at all, you know, like I, cause you like literally have no, there's no, there's no backstory. It just shows up and you're in a courtroom and this lady says, Oh, you know, I didn't see this, but after watching those first couple episodes and going back and thinking about it, it's like, man, this is so good. And it sets up this sort of struggle so well of, um, they're in, you know, in court brought, <laughs> all this thing has been brought by the police and just like, just like that, yeah. it like gets flipped, right? And 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 Stringer's in there, and he's con- he's like pulling the strings literally on this thing. And you see um, McNulty, I think he's in there, and he just is like 
flabbergasted like oh gosh how did how did we we had yeah, this a, you know and now we start. don't a- and and so it was a cool start like i liked the scene when i watched it because i was like whoa what's going on but after finishing a couple episodes like thinking about that I was like yeah this is this is it, it already just set up that like power struggle right because it's like man even in even in court yeah we can't win another <laughs> even when we we have all the stuff and a witness and we're still gonna be behind these guys so. another fun fact to watching the show 16 years later is seeing a superstar actor michael b jordan as a tiny child oh man that's right that's <laughs> crazy that has i just see that and it's like I just watched you in Black Panther. This is yeah. very different. This is a very different side of you. I did not even I did not even realize that he was in it. But now yeah. that I think about it, he is the kid. He's the kid with like cornrows, which also dates the show a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Man. Yeah, Michael B. Jordan. That's crazy. Yeah, there are several characters that I'm like, whoa, you are so much younger than you are <laughs> yeah. you know, in, in different shows. Uh like one of the one of the detectives, um, he he's in suits. Um, okay. and he plays, uh, a pretty prominent character in that USA show. Um, but he's much younger, you know, so it's just like, oh man, no way. And Idris Elba, obviously. Yeah. Idris Elba has, the boss. has, has also rocketed to stardom. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, there's, there are lots of people on the show that are, you know, have, have made pretty great careers. So kudos to them for having a good cast. Absolutely. So what do you, okay, right. so what are you excited about? We're going to watch probably, you know, two-ish more episodes, two or three more. What are yeah, you excited about this season on The Wire? Okay, so they, now that they've established what's going on, I'm really, we weirdly, as much as they've mentioned the name Avon Barksdale, mm-hmm. there has actually been very little of him on screen so far. Yeah. It's mostly been him talking to D'Angelo, a couple times. There've been a couple good scenes between him and D'Angelo, but he's not been on screen a ton. And so, you know, Stringer's obviously been intimidating stuff, but if Avon's the one really, you know, running this whole thing, the fact that we haven't seen him really be very intimidating or, you know, really seem like he's super like running things yet is really interesting. It's all been Stringer so far. So I'm interested to see the development of that character. I'm also interested to see just kind of the chess match between, you know, Barstow and Stringer Bell and then um, McNulty and, and the other officers that are that are working the case. I think it's going to be an interesting chess match, and I'm, I'm really interested to see. Probably a power struggle throughout the season would be my guess. Mm. Yeah, I think for me, I'm interested to see the dynamics of the sort of detective unit plus drug unit team that they're sort of developing like misfit, <laughs> yeah because it's like the guy you know misfires his gun like it's just like a mess <laughs> yeah um <laughs> so i i'm interested to see how that comes together also again like i love the realism of that right like uh, you know, and, and the lieutenant's like, I can't believe that this is the team that I have. <laughs> Someone yeah. needs to change this. And the, like, how's this guy a cop? Oh, yeah. he's like the nephew of someone who's really important. Right. Oh, yeah, this happened before he unloaded his weapon on a car. You know, it's just like, ah, oh. yep. <laughs> yeah, but yep. through two episodes, it definitely it definitely hooks you hooks you pretty quickly, which is, is something I always appreciate from a show because... 
you know, the first couple episodes aren't always, even in good shows, aren't always that interesting. But this one hooks you right away. Yeah, I can think of several shows that I really like that I've had to preface for people like, well, you have to watch the first handful yeah. before they're good. Once you get through episode and, seven, you're, yeah, you're hooked. All you have to do is watch half of one season and just listen to a couple companion podcasts and you'll love it. Um, so even though there are lots of people in the show, even though there's lots of movement, it's it's it still was easy to get into. And yeah, so I agree. That's pretty cool. So yeah, so we're gonna watch a, uh, two two ish more episodes, two or three more, and then we're gonna do another podcast. All right. And uh, if you if you guys like this, you could also watch The Wire with us, right? Yeah. I don't think we spoiled anything. There's not a lot of like spoilers that we you know. No, no, we we didn't spoil anything too much. Um, I'm, nothing that nothing too specific, nothing really to spoil quite yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, watch The Wire with us. Um, you know, watch probably three episodes to be safe, even if we just talk about two. And, uh, yeah. you know, we'll we'll catch up in, in I guess, a week or so and uh, jump yeah. back in. And we'll, um, you know, after a couple episodes in, maybe we'll create a way where people can, like, interact with us and send us your thoughts about The Wire. There you go. So we don't, we'll just build this community of people who are in their late 20s who want to watch The Wire. And for you, yeah, yeah. And for people who watch The Wire... Um, yeah, we don't need to. We don't need to be told that we're millennials and we can't believe that we haven't watched The Wire yet. Yes, and that we're so we, far behind we, we and un, uneducated on culture. We know, we're aware. We we know. Listen, I've watched all of Bad Men. I've watched all of so many shows. Um, I mean, <laughs> in our time, I'm so. just, my my parents were never going to let me watch a show with this amount of cursing when I was in middle <laughs> school. There's just no yeah. way. Yeah, uh, seventh grade James was not going to get to watch an <laughs> HBO show. No, <laughs> no, not that we even had HBO, no. right? Like, um, yeah. So, so yeah, yes, we're millennials, and yeah, we're going to watch The Wire, and we're going to like it, and then we're going to watch something else. So, y'all should watch The Wire with us, and then we'll pick another show to watch. And maybe we'll let you guys uh, help us with that one too. Yeah, if you have good suggestions. We'll t- we will take them. So, man, John, I'm so excited about this podcast. Thanks for thanks for signing on to do this. Absolutely, I hope um, everyone enjoyed episode one of Watch This. Yeah, check it out on. Uh, you can subscribe in, in iTunes or you know SoundCloud or Stitcher or wherever podcasts sp- where, are. I guess wherever you listen to the finest podcast, we will do our best to get it out there. And yeah, so subscribe and let us know that you're watching. And we'll see you next time for. Uh, episode two of Watch This. Maybe we'll get that. Or we're watching The Wire. Maybe we'll get a theme song. Who knows? Oh, yeah. Right here, right now, there's going to be theme music. Go. Mm-hmm.